All right, welcome. Yeah, you better believe it. Already a Monday night. How about that? It is the Sportsbook right here on 760 WJR. So very happy to have you with us. And i got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit bummed uh, because tonight was supposed to be the night I saw my partner face-to-face for the first time in a while, vacations and what have you. Uh, and uh, no, uh, we'll have to postpone that for a while. But she's here. Jane, what's happening? Hey, Steve. I'm so sorry I'm not there in person, but I have a travel nightmare story if you want to hear it. Uh, I was alerted to this uh, earlier in the day, and we are going to get into this story, obviously. Uh, everybody knows that flying is a complete crapshoot these days for a plethora and there I go again, throwing $5 words around. Uh, a plethora of reasons. Now, you and hubby Ryan and Miss Olivia uh, enjoyed a fantastic week. You forwarded some pictures at Kiowa Island. Pick it up from there. <laughs> well, okay. It was a wonderful week, made totally special by this little baby with us and uh-huh. my parents and brother. And then... We get to Charleston Airport. By the way, we used to have connecting flights, and Delta said, no, you don't, not anymore. So, okay, we're going to connect in Atlanta. Weather in Atlanta delayed us in Charleston. We finally get to Atlanta and miss our connector. So now we're stuck in Atlanta with a nine-month-old, and it turned into like a six-, seven-hour layover in Atlanta with a baby. And it was really bad. Oh. It was really bad. (laughs) Oh, James. What a nightmare. Yeah. And you got so, Livy anyway. uh, just being a nine month old. And, you know, uh, did this all unfold today? This was all last night. And oh. we got in with her. She refused to sleep on the plane. So sorry to all those people who flew back on that flight from Atlanta. Everyone was so nice to us, by the way. No one was really mean, but she was crying a lot. And then we didn't get home until 12 something. And then I worked today. So I said, do you mind if I do this virtually? And you said, no. <laughs> No, absolutely not. After uh, that experience, holy mackerel. Uh, hopefully you and Ryan and, uh, yeah, in particular, Olivia got a little rest. Yes, but I will say it was a beautiful week. The ocean course on my birthday, real highlight. How are you striking it? Oh, it was, it was so hard, the wind off that ocean. And we heard this little tidbit about Phil. He was on a tea box that was near these beautiful mansions, and they were people were on the roof with the hot tub and everything asking him, and he hit a ball from the tea box into their roof like area. Phil Mickelson? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Remember when he won? Oh, yeah. The PGA yeah, there? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Uh, Not well, the, when I was there. <laughs> well, the uh, I was going to say, he's all over the place, uh, but the uh, pictures you forwarded me. Uh, look like amazing golf, just amazing golf. It was it was wonderful, and all the golf courses on Kiowa Island are fantastic. It was a great week. Did you by any chance uh, put in a seventy-two foot uh, eagle putt? <laughs> no, I didn't have a moment like, quite like that. No, I did not. Uh, we will have more on uh, what was a life-changing moment for young Nick Taylor at the uh, Canadian. Open coming up in just a bit, certainly. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, we will shift our attention to your Detroit Tigers. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm so rude. Uh, Blake is here for crying out loud. I was going to say, I haven't been on in two weeks. Steve's just ignoring me. 
bachelor party. I was in Birmingham, Alabama the week after. I've been traveling. Steve just wants to ignore me. It's no, fun. no, not at all. Uh, because I was here with you last week. That's true. And got we the spent lowdown. Some quality time together. Yes, we did. Uh, and I got the lowdown on the bachelor party. And it looks like you're pretty much back to normal. I am back to normal, yes. Yes. But now wedding is in a week and a half. Boy, oh I'll tell God, you what. Like, that's so exciting. It's, it's very crazy. exciting. It's abs- I I woke up today and I was like, oh, like next week is wedding week. That's crazy. You know what, though? Here's the deal. It's going to be here and gone in the blink of an eye. That's what everyone's it, it, been telling me. Enjoy the Everyone's been saying enjoy the day because it flies by. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, you know, you're you're being taken here for pictures. You're being taken there for pictures. You, everybody wants you to come by the table, and you know everything else. So, uh, going to be a special day there, lad. I'm I'm very excited. I'm very very excited. Uh, producer Nick Roddy, uh, just to bring you up to date, uh, he and uh, his better half Emily just moved into a new home, and he's trying to put the studio type thing together. Now, uh, once again, having my Radio Shack background, I offered to stop by <laughs> with my tool belt and make sure all the connections were the way they were supposed to. But uh, he he uh, showed no interest in that. Uh, so he will be joining us uh, at a later date. Uh, so now we can catapult into this thing. And uh, we're going to pick up with your Detroit Tigers because they are in action right now. Uh, they welcome the Atlanta Braves uh, to Comerica Park, the first of three. Uh, you have Mason Englert, uh, the young right-hander, making his first ever big league start. Uh, Braves up one nothing. Uh, they are in the top of the third. Uh, Braves with a runner on first and one out. Obviously, James, the road for the Tigers has been extremely difficult. The losing streak is at nine. And uh, this young ball club finding ways to lose games uh, that, quite frankly, they should win. Uh, take yesterday, for example. Uh, they were up 5-2 in the finale against the D-backs. But no, Arizona puts up four, count them four, in the ninth on their way to a 7-5 win. Uh, when it rains, it pours. I mean, what a flip of the switch. They had a fantastic May. And I was on Sports Final Edition talking about how they're close to 500. They're close in the division. And then I go on vacation and come back, and they're on a nine-game losing streak. Uh, They have not lost like this nine games uh, when they did, in fact, lose nine from August 11th through the 20th of 2020. Uh, And here's a question, just out loud. That ball game yesterday started at 1130 in the morning, and it was televised on Peacock. Now, what? How'd that go? Was everyone uh, able to see it easy breezy? Well, I've got Peacock. How, I don't know, but I, I, I was able to watch the game, uh, but I, I wasn't uh, in front of the tube at 11.30 in the morning, for crying out loud. I picked it up in like the third or fourth inning, but I've never seen a Major League Baseball game scheduled at that hour. I think they're just trying all sorts of things with putting these games in different spots. I think Peacock is easier to access than when it's on Apple TV. Well, unfortunately, uh, you were talking about the uh, the better days for the old English, old English years. You go back to 
to May 28th. They beat the White Sox on that day. They were 25 and 26, a mere one game under the magical 500 mark. And there was a lot of excitement in this town. But right now, because of this, that, and the other thing, they're 26 and 37. They were 16 and 11 in May, and people were getting excited about them and watching and, you know, tracking them. And I just, I don't know, it's like a switch was flipped. Well, I was chastised earlier for, uh, and I'm not making excuses when I throw out the injury situation. Uh, I am not making excuses, but fact is fact. Uh, you got starting pitcher Alex Fiedo. He's put on the 15-day injured list. Uh, Tarek Skubel. Uh, he's still trying to make his way back. Akil Badu uh, was just put on last week. Uh, who else? Uh, you've got, uh, obviously, Eduardo Rodriguez, who was having a year. Uh, right. Riley Green. And here, I, I, Riley Green, can we just call him what he is? I think the spark plug of this ball club. And I think when he went down, uh, the wind was immediately removed from the sails. You agree with that? Yeah. And I think at that moment, my producer said, why can't we have nice things? And that made me laugh. <laughs> That's true. Because you go back to what they went through last year, in particular, uh, with the uh, with the pitching, uh, the starting rotation. I think at one point all five were down. Um, so, you know, I feel for AJ Hinch. I hope his spirit is not getting broken here. Um, so perhaps better days ahead. But after this three game set with the Atlanta Braves, you've got four with the uh, American League Central leading Twins. I mean, I, I, you know, watching for the division, tracking this team, I think that ship has sailed. But Scott Harris needs to evaluate this team. It's what he wanted to do. So with them out and injured, he can't really do that. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what goes on moving forward. Because, look, on this very program, uh, Jamie, back when Javi Baez was benched in Toronto because of the uh, base-running boneheaded thing, um, he kind of showed a little life. Uh, right now, Javi is hitting two twenty uh, with 29 RBI and four home runs. Uh, you need a little bit more. Spencer Torkelson uh, hitting two twenty five with 26 RBI, five home runs. You need a little bit more. Riley Green hasn't played in a while. 296, 18 RBI, five home runs. And you know what? He was uh, coming along nicely. So, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, they've got some younger guys that are underperforming. Um, but, you know, what the end game is, who knows? Yeah, I, it's, it is upsetting. And you're right about the injured injuries. There's a lot when you look at their roster overall here. They're missing some people. But the guys that are left need to produce. And you know what? I don't think Spencer Torkelson is living up to what everyone thought he would be. Uh, makes a lot of mistakes uh, in the field uh, there at first base. Maybe mistakes he shouldn't be making at this particular point in his career. Um, as far as uh, what he's got going on offensively, uh, I think uh, Scott Harris still has a lot of faith in this kid. Um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, after what he went through last year, where I think he was a bit overwhelmed, uh, was sent down, uh, I think obviously he's better. But he is not nearly where I think this organization thought he would be. Yes. But I think Matt Veerling has been a nice sort of surprise. Hurt. He's been good. Hurt. <laughs> I'm just saying. Another guy. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, let's take a look at what he's up to. Uh, 241. 
uh, 15 RBI, four home runs, but he was uh, finding the ball a little bit better uh, before going down with injury. So uh, there you go. Uh-oh. Uh, A.J. Hinch uh, going to get young Mason Englert. His first start at the big league level has come to an end. Uh, oh, Atlanta no. still up one nothing. Uh, there are two outs, and that ball game is uh, right now top three. So and his day is done. Done, Finney. Hmm. Eh, it was fun while it lasts. He's got it in his resume. Uh, we're going to talk about the Canadian Open because oh boy, uh, that's it was, more fun. It was yeah yeah. Let's pick it up a little bit. It was uh, something to behold. That's there's no question about that. We'll have that as we continue with the sports book here on 760 WJR. Yes, indeed. As always, thank you so very much to our wonderful friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for their support of this radio program. Uh, James, unfinished business uh, as it applies to the Tigers. Uh, Miguel Cabrera's fourth inning single yesterday was his 3,111th hit, moving him past Dave Winfield into sole possession of 22nd on the career list. He needs just four more to tie Alex Rodriguez. And uh, just playing two days a week, I don't know how long it's going to take Miguel to get there. I, he's kind of limping here down the stretch. It's kind of tough to see. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, when he's out there, it's like the Miggy of old, still smiling, laughing, carrying on. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's kind of sad, kind of. You know? Yeah, and you would think, like, if the Tigers had great players, you know, in the farm system or whatever, you'd think, like, Miggy's taking someone's spot and it's, like, negatively affecting the Tigers, but there's really no one in waiting. So I guess go on this final year tour. Well, right now they're uh, bottom three uh, at Comerica Park. Braves still up one nothing. However, uh, no additional damage done in the top of the third. Uh, Tigers. With a runner at first, nobody out. Jake Rogers at the plate. Uh, all right, to Toronto we go. And, you know, to sit there and watch what unfolded at the Canadian Open uh, was something that I will personally remember for a long time. I think even if you were a non-golfer, Jamie, uh, tuned in uh, with everything on the line, a Canadian looking to win his National Open for the first time in 69 years, uh, what transpired in the four playoff holes, it truly was unbelievable. Yeah, it was kind of like the Ryder Cup, like England versus Canada in a very pro-Canadian, you know, audience. Well, and uh, I thought Jim Nance, uh, one of the all-time greats, uh, said it best uh, after the uh, Nick Taylor win. Uh, one of the great sports moments in Canadian history. And who could argue with that? I mean, obviously, they've had some decent hockey moments, but a team from Canada hasn't won the Stanley Cup in a gazillion years. But I digress. Uh, what Nick Taylor was able to do. Now, when you're over a ball, and you're a player, I play, um, and you're just, uh, you know, maybe in league play or just out having some beers with buddies, and you've got a 15-foot knee knocker for $10 or a beer, I mean, you feel the nerves. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I certainly do in ladies' league. Um, but I think when you have a 72-foot 
eagle putt, you're kind of just trying to get it close, at least me and you. I think he was going for it the whole time. You know, never once. I'm not going to be one of those dudes that comes out and says, I knew he was going to make it all the time. Because there's no way. There was just no way. I was thinking, just like you said, Jen, all this cat's trying to do is get it close, lag it close to secure a birdie. And then you'll see what Tommy Fleetwood was able to do with his, what, 12-footer for birdie? I don't know. Uh, But remember, off the tee on that hole, Nick Taylor found a divot uh, in the fairway. And you're thinking, oh, boy. Oh, this isn't good. And then he uh, drills it 221 yards to the front of the green. Uh, So now you're lining up that baby. And when he hit it, it was tracking. It was tracking. They show Tommy Fleetwood stepping in as the ball is on its way to the hole. And he probably had a feeling of complete and utter despair. Because after it went in, they showed Fleetwood. And all he could do was just smile as if to say, there's nothing I can do here. I felt sad for Fleetwood. I mean, he's been a runner-up on the PGA Tour five times. <laughs> so it's tough, especially to go out like that. But when you flip it, talk about that ending for Nick Taylor, who it's like a walk-off in baseball. It was awesome. Well, you know, here it is. And I mentioned as much earlier today on WJR, the, the morning after, and you know, Tommy Fleetwood, I got a lot of respect for his game because he's one of those guys, James, that when you tune in and you see him, based on his behavior, you don't know if he's doing well, playing poorly, whatever the case may be, but he had a chance to win this thing on a reachable par five in regulation. Teed off with an iron, put it in the rough right. Went to go lay up, put it in the rough right. So now the guys in the booth are saying, boy, He's brought six into the equation. He's he's going to have to do some work here just to force a playoff, which he was able to do. But, I mean, that par five could have been the winning hole for him easily. And that's mm-hmm. probably eaten away at him today. It probably is. Okay, we'll go back to your putts and, you know, my ladies league. You think about it all night long. <laughs> of course you do. Weeks sometimes. Yes. Uh, but what was super cool uh, was fellow Canadian players Mike Weir, Corey Connors, and Adam Hadwin uh, were there to watch this very special event. Canadian, winning the Canadian Open, first time, 69 years. So then, I'm sure everybody has seen the video by now, Adam Hadwin, after that ball goes in, gets caught up in the moment, goes out to start the champagne, the champagne shower. Somebody forgot to tell the security guard that this dude plays on tour the guy thought he was a fan and tackled him. Took him down. I mean, I've seen Lions linebackers who don't tackle like that. It was hilarious. And both Adam Hadwin and his wife are leaning in and tweeting funny things, different angles. And did you see that Hadwin tweeted out that the PGA Tour is in on the joke, too, with the U.S. Open cubby of his? They gave him yeah. like a hard hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Being a true Canadian... Uh, Adam Hadwin actually apologized to the security guard. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry you had to tackle me. Sorry, and, eh? Yeah, I got I got a little caught up, eh? Uh, but why not? Uh, the last player from Canada to win the Canadian Open 
Uh, you remember him. Pat Fletcher. Of course, good Pat old, Fletcher. Good old Pat Fletcher back in 1954 at Point Grey in Vancouver. Uh, but what a life-changing event uh, this is for Nick Taylor. By the way, I think this was his third win on the PGA Tour. Um, and his life in his home country is forever changed. He'll never have to buy a Molson or Labatt, <laughs> ever. No. Um, I don't know if you want to get into this, but something huge in golf broke since we've chatted. Of course. That's why we're here. <laughs> well, I mean, we were on the golf course in Kiowa on Tuesday. Oh, Come, yeah. oh by the way, my dad got a hole-in-one while we were on oh, vacation. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it was so uh, awesome. Is that his first? Second. Oh, second. But there's been many, many years in between. It was like the best day of his life. But anyway, um, we're coming in from that round on Tuesday when I get on my phone the do 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 update that the tours are merging. And I said, excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah, we haven't had a chance to uh, comment on that. But you know what? Uh, we're going to do that because I want to get your opinion. And uh, there's also uh, big goings on as it relates to that. So we'll be able to kill two birds with one stone. Uh, it is the sports book right here. On 760 WJR. All right, so a week ago tonight, uh, yours truly originating the broadcast uh, from historic Oakland Hills. We were there celebrating uh, the Detroit Sports Commission outing. Uh, that has turned into a wonderful, wonderful event. Uh, Jamie, you joined us uh, for the first segment uh, with uh, my buddy Terry Radigan. And obviously, uh, you're at a golf outing and there's a lot of golf conversation uh, during the course of the day, you know, some conversation about the pga tour and what's going on with live and blah 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 um i don't think anybody had any any idea uh what was gonna transpire within hours literally uh tuesday morning um yeah there there's gonna be a merger and you're thinking wait wait what uh unbelievable it was unbelievable i was in the cart with my dad and both of us were like what after all of this talk about it being immoral to go to that tour and everything else, we're just now going to merge. And you know who else didn't know? The players didn't know. No. This was news to them. Uh, there was absolutely no leaks, which is so very rare. Uh, but here's the thing. There was so much venom being spit from one side to the other. Um, you know, it, it, it became... Um, it became ugly, and there was no love loss, I don't think, between the two sides. Now, you know, I'm not naive enough to say that I didn't think in my mind's eye that eventually there was going to be a combination of these two leagues somewhere down the road. Um, certainly not this quick. But that being said, and I touched on it last week, and Sports Illustrated came out with a piece a couple days ago, basically what it came down to was the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan, the commissioner and the powers that be, saw the amount of money and the potential money lost from the continuing antitrust lawsuits. And they couldn't do it. And, you know, the cliche is 99.9% of decisions that are made anywhere comes down to money, Jamie. That's true. But... It is so, it's such a hard pill to swallow when 
Jay Monahan took the moral high ground and oh, yeah. and talked about 9/11 and tried to say, you know, well there's no moral ambiguity or problems with the PGA Tour and then you turn around and do this. Perhaps if he didn't take such a hard line this would feel different. Well, and Rory McIlroy uh easily classified as the uh, face of the PGA Tour. Uh I think he was probably a little bit more beside himself than he would ever lead on in public. He would go on to say that he still has a lot of faith in Jay Monahan, and everything's going to remain the same in this 2023 season. Everything will change in 2024. But, you know, when you take a look at what those potential changes are within these two leagues, these two entities, uh, merging to, I guess, become one. Um, Rory did say that there should be penalties for those who left. And other PGA Tour players have echoed the same sentiments. Now, there is a thought that the penalties will be um, given in tiers based on how you left and uh, things of this nature. Now, that's going to be interesting in and of itself. I mean, yeah, I just, so these players took the money, life-changing money, left the tour. What's the benefit for the guys who didn't now? Well, and I think that's what, uh, you know, Rory was saying, that loyalty, loyalty has got to be rewarded. Uh, Because you're talking about this uh, Saudi Arabia public investment fund who is prepared to dump billions billions into this new entity. So at the end of the day, you know, when this thing gets underway and everybody's making more money than the law should really allow, does it come to bygones being bygones? And you know what? We're just all a professional golf happy family. Before you answer that, know this. The U.S. Senate's Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations has opened a review of the PGA Tour's planned alliance with the DP World Tour and the aforementioned Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund. Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democrat out of Connecticut, uh, chairman of the subcommittee, notified PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan of the inquiry in a letter today. The PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and Saudi Arabia Sovereign Wealth Fund announced uh, last Tuesday that they were uh, going to be forming this new for-profit entity that will combine their commercial businesses. Blumenthal, meanwhile, and other politicians have criticized the Saudis' billion-dollar investments into sports, including Formula One, England's Premier League, and professional golf as a form of sports washing to soften the country's image around the world, given the monarchy's history of human rights abuses and, of course, its role in the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, that in 2018. I still think this this particular merger, if you will, has a lot of tentacles to get past. Right. I mean, we're talking about it as if it's a done deal, but it is far from that. The DOJ is conducting an investigation to the PGA Tour. There's there's nowhere else for golfers to play, so that could be a violation. You know, antitrust regulators. I I don't know. It's it's a lot going on. Well, and then. Listen, when Rory came out and said, I still hate live, I mean, that's pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, here's a dude that is that is 
sticking to his stance. And I got the utmost amount of respect for that. Um, and there's other players on the tour that were completely blindsided by this. Now, here's the another fallout, which I find very interesting. You've got Greg Norman, who has been the face of the whole live thing since day one. Uh, and apparently, he is on the outside looking in. That he yeah. is not going to be a part of the new board in any way, shape, or form. And there has been some speculation uh, on Liv's side that they've seen just about enough of this guy. Well, yeah, he was not mentioned whatsoever in this. So that's not a good sign for him. Well, and, you know, so that being said, you know, here's a guy that thought he was pushing all the right buttons and saying all the right things and this that, and the other thing. And uh, now all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's going to be uh, pounding salt. So, you know, where this thing goes, you know, and then you bring in Jay Monahan. He's on the board. Uh, does he last? I I would expect he made this deal where he is protected. Just as an out, outsider, like someone that's not a fan of golf whatsoever. I know you're not. Monahan looks like the biggest hypocrite in the world. Well, the amazing. Right, and if you have a fall guy and he goes and new people come in, then maybe it feels better. You know, but again, I, I, I think it's really unprecedented that there were zero leaks uh, about a story of this magnitude. One thing I've always found was that the bigger the story, somebody always talks. But there were so many people blindsided by this. And don't think for a second that what went down last Tuesday morning wasn't expedited by Brooks Kepka winning the PGA Championship. Well, and I heard there was more players that were looking to leave, too. Whoever, um, sorry, not a golf fan, whoever won the last major. Uh, Brooks Kepka. Before that. Sorry, this is horrible. <laughs> Never mind, Blake. But, we, we, but I, heard an, I heard more players were going Gotti to defect. Who won the Masters? So. Well, you know, but the fact of the matter is. Rom. Rom won the Masters. Yeah, I heard he was about to leave, too. I always thought of John Rom as being a die-in-the-wool PGA Tour guy. Now, that being said, who knows? But him possibly leaving, I guess, sped up this process. From what I've read. Well, okay, now what kind of penalties are going to be for uh, the people that did leave? Because, like Rory said, there's got to be, uh, you know, some penalties. And that being said, there's also got to be a kudos for loyalty. Uh, and if they take that in a different direction, then I think uh, you're going to be adding salt to the open wound because of everybody who was completely blindsided by this uh, by this announcement. So... I mean, it definitely came down to money. I'm reading where the PGA Tour had already spent $50 million in legal fees and taken another $100 million from its reserve funds to finance an increase in purses and other bonuses. Like, they, I guess, saw they had no more money to spend. Yeah, and, you know, here's another thing that's going to be uh, interesting. When it comes to TV, when this new entity is formed, because the PGA Tour 
they got it going on. They've got CBS. They've got NBC Sports uh, uh, Golf Channel. Uh, they've got ESPN. Um, what does Liv have? CW. You can't even see it in Detroit. You're saying the CW doesn't move the needle for you? The CW doesn't even carry it in Detroit. Yeah. They put on people. I'd rather watch Peacock. <laughs> they put it on. They put on People's Court. <laughs> you know, and like a nine zero two one zero rerun or something. Don't even show it in Detroit. So, how are these networks going to feel about these new bedfellows? Huh? I don't know. There's so much in the air right now. I'm just going to publicly say, though, if the Saudis want to pay me to talk about golf, I'm more than open to the discussions. Well, you know what we're going to do because we're friends? We're going to send them the tape of the last segment you did talking about golf. <laughs> yeah, that'll go really well. <laughs> that should get it. That should move the needle. Yeah, I think said. so. Oh, yeah. Uh, when we come back, there could be a new NBA champion tonight. We'll talk about that, other various and sundry as we continue with the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. All right, in Denver tonight at 830-ish, the uh, Nuggets will play host to the Miami Heat. You know the deal. The Nuggets are up 3-1 in this best-of-seven series. But I will say this. Uh, the Heat, they have been pretty resilient. They have won seven road games during the postseason. And, in case you're wondering, they are 2-0 and when facing elimination. Uh, all that being said, Jane, uh, are you giving the Heat any chance, any chance at all? Yes. I think they could steal this game, but Nuggets win it overall. We have a late-breaking story to share. Uh, if you're a regular listener to this year's sports book on WJR, you know that Blake is and always has been the resident degenerate. Um, he has let me know that uh, he has not placed a wager, really, on anything in a while. Are you all right? I'm okay. I did look. I during the break, I was looking. I went on to the Play Eagle website, and uh, the Heat are getting eight points. So Denver's favored by eight right now. Does that does that uh, get you, you thinking a little bit? Yeah, I can get the heat plus plus eight. That's good. That's good value. <laughs> Boy, you know I think the uh, I think the hamsters are on the habit trail in your head, just spinning like crazy. You better believe I, it. I mean, the heat plus eight, I like actually a lot. Well, I've enjoyed uh, you know watching uh, this series uh, in whole and in part because this Nokola Jokic. Uh, you know, what I love about watching this guy, you know, yeah, he can score. He's, uh, you know, got a wonderful perimeter game for a big fellow. But it's the way he dishes the rock. He is pretty damn creative. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's not the showboat that, you know, we've come to know of the NBA. But he's definitely established himself, I think, as one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, he just goes about his business and... uh you know, Jimmy Butler, does he uh, break out tonight? That's See, always that's what I think could happen. And then they steal this game. Tyler Hero's coming in. He's back. So, you know, maybe. Only one of 36 teams that have fallen behind 3-1 in the history of the finals has come back to hoist the Larry O'Brien Trophy. That, the 2016 Cavaliers led by, well, you know, that LeBron guy. Uh, trailed Golden State 3-1 before running off three st uh, straight. So history 
is certainly not behind the Miami Heat. But sometimes in sport, we have franchises make their own history. Hmm? It's why they play the game. Also, like, even if they don't win the series, the Heat have gone on one of the best oh. playoff runs yeah. in a long time. Going from the playing game to the finals. Yeah. That's yeah. like a Disney movie in the making. They didn't even like each other before the playoffs started. They were, like, fighting at practice. I've, I have found, and it's a valid point, Blake, I have found a brand-new appreciation for their head coach, Eric Spolstra. Heat culture. I, I, he used to rub me the wrong way for some reason. I don't know. Uh, but I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, you, you, they fought hard, you know, via the play-in deal. Uh, say what you will about that particular format in the NBA postseason. Uh, they have certainly uh, made the most of it. And uh, I am now an Eric Sprolstra guy, I guess. Best coach in the NBA. Well, okay. Besides, so and we haven't, both- talked, we haven't talked about Monty Williams. That's what I was going to say. So coaches can make a difference. Pistons are about to introduce Monty Williams tomorrow afternoon. And uh, doing some reading on him, uh, you know, it would appear. And I certainly hope for the owner, Tom Gorris, and the organization and the city and Piston fans everywhere that this is the right move. My gut tells me it is. And I don't know a whole lot about Monty Williams. uh, But doing some reading... You know, he's got a tremendous effect on young talent, which he's going to be surrounded with here. And he didn't want the job. He was still getting a boatload of dough from the Suns. He just wanted to take a year off. But then you had Goris and the Pistons throwing crazy money at him. And I don't know who his financial advisor is, but they probably said, look, Monty, (laughs) you know, this is stupid money. Take it while it's there. And he did. And... Uh, talked to a couple of people that uh, are well-versed in his career, and and uh, they think he's going to be a great fit here in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, the Pistons perhaps overpaid for him, but I don't think Tom Gorris cares much for that. So I hope it does work out, obviously. No, because I think it's imperative for uh, Tom Gorris to get the uh, Pistons back on the sports radar uh, and, in you this know, town. He takes, he takes so much flack. He went out and spent a lot of money, so it sure seems like he cares. Well, he wants to win. And, uh, you know, I I, I, I kind of thought uh, this past season uh, was going to be better than it was. We've talked about it, Jane. Um, and, uh, you know, we're both Dwayne Casey guys, and it didn't pan out. So you need a new voice, and uh, they spend big. Oh, they spend big on Monty Williams. So... Here we go. Yeah, reset the whole market. I don't know if other owners are thrilled about that, but whatever. Uh, meanwhile, uh, your Detroit Lions uh, complete the final OTAs of the offseason. The next time the Lions will get back together uh, will be late July to kick off training camp 2023. Can you believe it? We are on a fast track here. It's happening. And uh, high expectations, it's all happening. And, uh, you know, Dan Campbell, you know, going where all the cool people go. He was at uh, the uh, Taylor Swift concert on Friday. You know, that's <laughs> that's that's Dan Campbell for you, man. Uh, but they had kind of a, a deal when she sang the national anthem and he was playing for the Lions. She was like 16 years old on Thanksgiving Day. 
what was that, 2008, I think. And so they had a, a, a picture, I guess, and, you know, I'm sure they recreated. Um, but, uh, you know, now you got Calvin Johnson back in the fold. What does that do for you? I mean, he comes every day now. He's definitely back in the fold. They must have come up with some agreement. You work a little bit. You come to these, and we'll give you your money back. Well, yeah, and uh, as we discussed earlier, 99.9% of situations come down to money, and they resolve that in short order. So I'm, I'm glad everybody's happy. And he saw what Barry's done as an ambassador for this franchise after being the wayward son for a while. Partner, we're out of time. Uh, we'll do it again. Face-to-face next week. What do you say? Face-to-face next week, 100. All right, Blake, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to WJR.